have all sufficiency in all things so that we may be able to abound to every good word. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed because she judged that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. Hallelujah. Lord, we put our faith in your ability. We reach beyond ourselves because we don't trust in ourselves. We trust in the God that has delivered before, that he is yet delivering us, and he will yet deliver us again because you're able. Now, Lord, as we spend time breaking the bread of life, hearing from your word, your truth, we ask that you would show your ability to be strong on our behalf. You promised that whoever believes in your ability would not be put to shame, and whoever calls to you, you would make your ability rich towards them. And so we are those that believe upon you and call to that ability that you have in the name of Jesus. Now say this with me, Heavenly Father, your word says, if I lack wisdom, I should ask you in faith without wavering and that you would give it liberally without fault finding. I ask now for that wisdom and I believe that I receive it. And I say with my Lord Jesus that I must be about my father's business. Thank you for giving me your insight into my kingdom success. In Jesus' name, I pray expecting, amen. Now say this with me, I'm a believer of the word of God. I am an epistle of the spirit of God. I am a disciple of my man of God. I am a finder of the destiny path of God for my life. Hallelujah, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Just want to acknowledge those of you that are watching with us online that we are unleashing the increase of faith i'm so glad that you're here um, certainly please take the time if you're watching us on facebook to like it um, if you're having any difficulties the link there is available to you so that you can go to our youtube channel please subscribe to our youtube channel and you'll find all of the teachings that we have here in this series uh, we're about at that bridge point um, where we've been talking about unleashing the increase of faith, and then we're going to bridge into experiencing increase through faith. Before, we just wanted, in this first part, to talk about how faith is and how it works. And we've really taken a long time in just the fact that faith gives substance to things hoped for, and how hope is a prerequisite of faith. Who knew that that was as intense and a as big an issue as it what it was but praise god that's why we're here talking about it once we come through this we'll talk about hey i got specific areas of my life now i'm going to turn my faith in the covenant of god and start releasing my faith in those areas and so we'll talk some about that transition today all right god bless you okay unleashing the increase of faith praise god for our praise and worship team hallelujah hallelujah um, so our objectives today, number one, to review and elaborate on the basic understanding 
basics of understanding the force of faith, how it works and doesn't work, and walking by faith. And it's important to me at times to not just tell you when I got it right, but also to tell you when I got it wrong. Because when you get it wrong, that doesn't mean you did something wrong. That just means you're growing. Nobody gets upset when they see a child, right? We have a beautiful little baby boy in the back of the church. When he starts walking, if he falls down a few times, we're going to all be like, ah, isn't that cute? He might cry a little bit. We're all like, ah, come on, clean up your face. You can handle it. And we're going to encourage him to get back up until he starts walking good. Amen? But the same thing is true when you walk by faith, how it works and doesn't work and walking by faith. Two, to encourage you to examine faith as a toy, trial, tool, tactic, technology, and a termination. And we want to get all the way I want to understand faith in all of these ways because some people are trying it out. Maybe I play with it and then I put it down um, all the way up to the time when I use it to do things and to get things that I'm believing for. And it's and all of those are valid. um, But I want it to be a termination that just shall live by faith. You know, my state, my statement is even if you die and it hasn't manifested yet, the fact that you live by faith makes you better than if you didn't. Pastor David, where you get that from? These died in faith, not having received the promises, but they were still fully persuaded. All right? So my standpoint is just me walking by faith. I'm better when I'm believing for something. I'm a better me when my faith is on the line, when I'm just like, I'm going to let it all hang out because I don't care what happened. I'm not a good Pastor David. I'm better when I'm walking by faith. When I get to the point where I just don't think it, nothing matters, there's sides of me that I don't like for, for you to see that tend to come out. So it's better when faith for me is a termination. Three, to enlighten levels of faith as described in Scripture and encourage self-examination to move you to spiritual acceleration in your purposeful faith development. Number four, to illuminate power keys and principles that I've learned in my own life and seen in the life of my mentors and spiritual leaders. Last week, we saw that um, it is on the other side of worship that I get vision of my provision. That's a power key, right? That God has to change your position sometimes to change your perspective. That's a power key, because sometimes we keep looking at the wrong thing. You know, you're in a hospital trying to get healed, watching General Hospital, Grey's Anatomy. You're seeing all of these people die week after week, and you're trying to get healed. See, that's not good. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I tell people, listen, listen, listen. I ain't mad at nobody, but Pastor David don't watch Roots and you know, 12 years a slave and, you know what I'm saying, and black Klansmen. I'm not going to see that movie. Now, I ain't telling you, you in sin. I just know that that won't help my faith development. I'm just, I, now see, I'm not mad. I didn't tell you it was a sin. I ain't telling you you're going to hell if you watch it. I just know that wouldn't be good for me. I know me well enough to know. You know what I'm saying? Man, my was young, my daughter was running. I wouldn't watch, you know, you know, all of them show, them shows with all of these people fighting over their kids. I ain't watched them shows. See, then I'd be getting mad at folk, ain't nothing happened because I saw something on TV. Had a covenant brother, man. He'd be going home, and um, his wife would be sitting there watching Oprah and Jerry Springer. She come in, he she mad. 
Had nothing to do. He, I was with him all day. I knew who he was with. Had nothing to do with what was happening with him. It was what she was feeding on. So she'd been eating that all day, and he come in the house, and she hot. And he ain't done nothing wrong. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? So when you in a place where you, now see, for me, that's a power key. When I'm developing my faith in the area, some stuff I just zone out. I can't, I can't, you know, I can't watch this on TV. See, I can't be, I can't be taking up their fights and stuff like that. I can't be, you know what I'm saying? I can't, you know, if I'm saving my marriage, I'm not going to spend time with all of these ladies in the beauty shop talking about their husbands. That's dumb. Don't do it. Just stop. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever you believe in for, make sure you create an environment that supports what you believe in God to do in your own life. God told Mary, now listen, don't tell everybody about your pregnancy, but you can go find Liz, Elizabeth. She can help you, okay, because she's a little bit further than that. He was telling him, her she got to get to the right environment. Now, see, for me, that's a power key. Whenever I'm in faith, whenever I'm believing for something, I want to be around the people that's encouraging me. Listen, I go places and spend lots of money. See, see, I didn't people, I ain't tell you give it to me. You hear it with me every week. But sometimes I have to go other places to see other things to get my mind right for the thing I'm believing for. I'm telling you, you got to do the same thing. And then finally, number five, to embolden you to release your faith for the illogical inconceivable and what is naturally impossible such that God is free to move in amazing ways to bring his purpose to pass in your situation. Our scripture for this one has been Hebrews 11 and 1, Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so we've been spending some significant time on this one, and we've just been dealing with the fact that faith gives substance to things hoped past tense for, that I have to already be in hope for faith to manifest. And so we spent some time talking to the thing that hope is the blueprint, faith is the building materials. Hope is the blueprint, faith is the building materials. And sometimes people have a bunch of materials, but no blueprint inside of them. They don't see the promise of God being fulfilled on the canvas of their imagination. They have, they, they, their picture doesn't go with what they, what, what they, what they want. They don't have the picture yet clear. And it takes time to get a good picture. I talked about the fact that from my engineering perspective, long before they was building them trucks out on van slight, years, we worked on getting those trucks right at the blueprint level. And we spent lots of money, lots of man hours and woman hours too. We spent lots of money just getting the blueprints right. People think that all you can do is just jump to face, and then they, they don't have a good hope. They don't, they, when they look inside themselves, they don't see their marriage being fixed. They don't see their money being fixed. Their, their bills have a bigger picture than their prosperity, okay? Their problems seem bigger inside of them than the promises of God. 
then that means you got to work on hope. Now, it's the same process that you work on hope that you work on faith, but you're, you're working on the blueprint. You can't quite see it yet. We, Lady Natural, when we was believing for the house that, that God brought us to, we said the same words, but at first we was just, I just had to try to get the picture on the inside of me because I, ke I kept saying the right words, but on the inside of me, I'm saying it can't work, it can't work. And I had to let that voice inside of me get smaller and 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 smaller. And it took me more than a day, it took me more than two days, it took me more than one week, it took me more than two weeks, it took me more than one year, it took me more than two years. But I wasn't going to get older anyway. I might as well. St the time going to go by anyway. You know, I talked to my daughter. I don't want to get a doctor's degree because it's going to take me 10 years. You're going to get old anyway. The time's going to go by. You might as well spend it developing something that when you're on the other side of it, you're happy with what you got. So I, I take time that it takes to develop that blueprint inside of me. I say the words, and then I say the word, and then I wait and close my eyes, and, and then I check myself to see, do I see God fulfilling it for me? Until I can say the words in spite of my situation and see that thing fulfilled more than I see the problem I'm dealing with, I'm not yet in Bible hope. That's the test. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make it real practical because I, I can say all the right words and then somebody tries to minister to me. I know that scripture. Hold it, hold it. See, your whole spirit is wrong. Faith don't even work in that kind of attitude. Here, let me minister to you. Oh, man, I already know that. You must not. It ain't working. I'm looking at how y'all getting along. Do you know it? Oh, you know where it is in the Bible. But do you really know it experientially? Can you, in the midst of y'all not working together, is the picture of you working together bigger than the problems that you're dealing with when y'all fussing and Christian cussing each other? You know, Christians do cuss each other. Now, they don't say all of the four. Now, some of them do say all of the four-letter words. But some of them, you just like your blankety-blank daddy. I see you just cussed him. Now, you didn't use no profanity, not necessarily, unless the blankety-blank had some profanity. But it's still a cuss. You still disempowered his prosperity, didn't you? Okay? And so what I want you to understand is that you got to spend time developing that. So we said hope is the intersection of where, what God has promised in his covenants plus what you desire. If he promises it, up here, but your desires is down here, then he's got to bring the substance down to what you desire. That's why he always asks people, do you want to be healed? What do you have me to do for you? Okay? And some of us think we, we want to be faith giants, but you got to start where you start. You know, uh, now, now see what I told you, the example of how I laid my hands on my face when I was in school, when I was having my wisdom teeth bother me. Now listen, it was real faith for me to lay hands and for that healing to stop for that, that month or two. That was real, that pain, right? That pain stopped. That was real faith. And listen, I got all the way out of school and just when my, my mouth started hurting, I had the insurance and the cash to get it done. 
You understand what I'm saying now? Now, I don't know about nobody else, but that was real faith. Pastor David, why couldn't you just lay hands and just believe that your wisdom teeth would stop forever? I don't know. I didn't have that faith. I couldn't believe God for that. But I wasn't trying to jump past and still and miss the level that I was on. But the level that I was on manifested. Okay? So sometimes, you know, well, sister so-and-so, you know, they, <laughs> one, of, one of my teachers um, from afar talked about, you know, he's always had glasses, and he went to a service one one lady who had been meditating on the hope of, of sight, got the revelation of it, and in the service, she, she, she um, tore up her glasses, and she came out seeing perfectly. And so he just decided, I'm going to do what she did. And then he's driving home saying, oh, my God, let me make it. Don't let me hurt myself or nobody else. He was just trying to do what she did. But she had been developing the blueprint inside of her, and he hadn't. And you can't, you can't piggyback on somebody else's. You got to get your own blueprint. Sarah herself, that means she couldn't blueprint. She couldn't piggyback on Abraham's faith. She had to hear God and believe him herself. Okay? See, see, that's when we know that your marriage is a dynamic duo because both of you can pull and believe God together. If you make one person do all of the work, y'all not no dynamic duo yet. Now, I didn't say you can't be. I'm just telling you, you're not there today. Y'all got to pull together. Abraham and Sarah both pulled. Not one of them was doing it, and I'm not that spiritual, so I let my wife do all the praying. Child, please, stop that. Stop. Stop it right now. Right, don't be, we talked about don't be a Christian crumb snatcher. Lazarus only desired crumbs. So God could only manifest crumbs because his situation had beat his hope out of him. And sometimes we let situations and circumstances beat the hope out of us. So then we come up with, are you going to get healed? And then we say this statement, well, I hope so, but that's not Bible hope. That hope is synonymous with the word wish. I wish, but I'm uncertain that it's going to work for me. That's not Bible hope. Bible hope says God promised it. I judge him faithful, and I can, I, I, I can hang on, and my soul can stay with this until the blueprint and the building materials work to build what I'm asking God for. Right? We talked to you about the fact that Abraham used a picture, a faith prop. And I showed you one that I had where there was a picture plus the scripture. Now, God isn't obligated to the picture. He's obligated to the promise that's in scripture. The picture don't help God. The picture helped me. Picture don't help God. The picture helped me. But because it helps me to hang on, it gives God time to work until my, with my situation. I see people miss that. Like, you know, kids do this all the time. They play house. They play cars. And Jesus told you, you need to come to the kingdom like a little child. Their imaginations are rich. And then we're trying to be too realistic. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be realistic without what God promised you if you keep on the way you keep it on. 
And then we talked to you about that faith not only anchors the soul, but that picture inside of you creates another picture at the throne, at the beyond the veil, in the very throne room of God, where Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, can now work to bring it to pass. So your hope not only affects you, but it affects heaven as well. All right? And so make sure you spend time meditating to the point that it impacts your attitude and believe that, he that, that your hope is impacting heaven itself. Now, um, let me invite you to my own process in life and ministry. Sometimes not only do you have to struggle with hopelessness, but I'm telling you, ministers struggle with the issue of hopelessness all the time. Y'all did know that. You did know that there was reasons why ministers quit in record numbers in our nation every month. You didn't know that. You didn't know that there's reasons why they get burnt out and stop. You didn't know that there's reasons why. And I understand why ministers, even pastors, commit suicide. I understand how these feelings can take you places you didn't intend to go. And so I want you to know the thing that I'm believing for so that you can set your faith with my faith and that you can set, you can be in agreement with the thing that I'm hoping for. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 through 18. This is when you look at the, um, the, <clears throat> the graphic that we have for our honoring the gift celebration. This is one of the scriptures that you see on it. And... Um, the Lord really prompted me to tell you what I'm believing for. Um, and the thing that I'm asking you to do is unleash your faith to grow with me and engage others within our destiny community. Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 through 18. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Pastor David, that means I can't go by and then start thinking, man, I preach better than him. Why well, don't have more people in my church than he do? Bible say that's not wise. Now, preachers run, I'm, these are all of the things that preachers run into. I'm trying to, trying to tell you that I got to walk by faith like you walk by faith, right? Um... <laughs> Lady Naturas knows that there's a certain place, there's a, a church that I, we, when we're on the way, I always stop by and look at the parking lot. I always stop by for lunch, I look at the parking lot, because I'm always, Lord, I mean, man, I'm doing everything I can, and I'm like, man, it seems like they got oodles of cars up in there. The Bible tells me, now I'm preaching, I'm preaching to me now, I'm not preaching to you yet. I ain't got to your part, I am got to my part. Don't compare yourself amongst yourself. Now, that's not just good for preachers. That's good for y'all, too. Because sometimes you might say, well, I know more Bible than she do, but she got saved a few days, and then she got, she got the husband I've been believing for all these years, or whatever it is, or, right? I've been, and then we start to look at where I've been and where other people have been, and the Bible says, don't, don't do that, you are. You're not wise. You got to take the hand that God has dealt you, 
because God has dealt to every man among you, just like when you're playing cards. You know, I'm not a good card player. They don't like for me to deal. I take too long. Other people be like, cards be flipping out. Pastor David go, one, 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 one. See, when God was dealing your deck, he dealt to you the measure of faith that you needed to win in your situation. That's why you don't need to look at somebody else. You got to play the hand that God has given you and win with your own hand. Verse 13, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, a sphere, a sphere which includes, which especially includes you. The apostle was saying here, listen, he said, I'm not an apostle to everybody, but to this congregation, to the church at Corinth, I am your apostle. My leadership extends to you. I am a pastor, but I'm not everybody's pastor. But my pastoral and teaching gift has reached you. Verse 14, for we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. He said, my authority reached you. Verse 15, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other man's labors, but having hope, this is the key scripture, that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. So what the apostle Paul was saying is that his expectation was that the people who he preached to, that they were going to grow in the gospel and that those same people would grow to the point that they helped him to reach to other people and minister to them. So what that means for a pastor like me is I have to preach to you and then I have to sit here and wait. Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. That's what he said. I have to preach and wait for faith to come to you. And that faith to come to you to the point that you grow in faith and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ to the point that you reach other people so that we fill this place and then as a kingdom community reach beyond where we are right now. So I got to do all of this hard work, and then I got to sit back and watch the grass grow. Now, I'm going to tell you, for pastors, that's difficult. You spend all this time, man, you be wanting, you be trying to go gangbusters. Pastor, am I telling the truth? I'm telling the truth, ain't I? Okay. So I'm telling you that as your pastor, that's why the theme says preaching to the regions beyond you. I believe that the voice of destiny can help other people. But until you get to the point where 
you're working as hard between services as I work. At your level, to reach people, to invite people, to challenge people, to help the ministry move, I got to sit and wait. I want you to understand that God is counting on you, and your pastor is too, to help other people experience the difference of destiny. That's my hope. I have scripture to base it on. I didn't pull it out of my head. I'm doing the same thing that the apostle Paul did. He challenged the people that were a part of his team. He said, I can't sit around wishing I was this person, wishing I had that mega church, wishing that person would call me, wishing this would happen. I got to work the ground that I've given with the people that God has given me, take the authority, impact their lives, and believe God that those people are going to grow as they hear my word, that you're going to move in their situation, and they're going to grow in faith, and then they're going to start believing God to reach out and touch their community and draw others into our kingdom community. And then with this enlarged community, we will then go out and begin to make impact out beyond these walls. Everybody got that? Okay, that's really important. And that if we do this, this is the thing that God commends. And then we can glory, not in that, man, there's a great church. We went to this great conference way down, way, way by the way. Hold it, hold it. There's a great church at 1011 Hammond Avenue. And people coming all over here seeing all of the things that God has done with these people. Okay. All right. I just wanted to invite you into my hope process since you're growing in faith. Helps my hope. Everybody got that? Okay. I'm counting on you to grow. Okay. Your pastor spends a lot of time doing this. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm speaking faith to you. And I'm teaching you so that you can help me. Because pastors quit. Because they don't feel like they're effective. All of those thoughts assail your pastor. Just like they assail every other minister. I'm just trying to tell you how you can help me. Pastor, how can we help you? I'm telling you how you can help me. Grow. And then, you know, we went to this conference. Um, Lady Nedra and I went to the National Association of the Church of God um, camp meeting at West Middlesex, and they're talking about building an intentional disciple-making culture. That was the theme. And um, I'll summarize it to you. Um, the two cultures in Pastor David language. One language, one, one culture says that the way we do ministry is you pay, you pray, and you get out of my way. And then I do the ministry. Okay. That's one model of ministry. A disciple-making ministry says, no, you go, you grow, and you teach others what you know. Two different models of ministry. Now, if you're in the pray, pay, get out of, your, get out of my way, then all you got to do is come here, and you've done everything that we needed. But if it's really a go, grow, and teach others what you know, then you got to work very hard between ministries just like I got to do to get prepared to come here and help you. Do you hear the difference? 
So what I'm trying to do is shift from people that feel like the fact that I was here and that I gave and that I did all of that here, that ministry was done when I left church. To understand that ministry just began. we do the benediction, your ministry just began. It didn't stop. It just started. Right? We all get that in line. We'll grow this church. All right. So, Jesus is the author and developer of our faith. What is faith? We gave you some definitions of faith. Let's go back. Let's go back um, to our definitions of faith. We said faith is believing without sense realm evidence. Faith is agreeing and acting on divine promises until the power of those promises are displayed in open operation. We spend time in hope, understanding that we spend time in the covenants to know what God has promised, and then we agree and act on that until the power of those promises are displayed. Agree with the truth, agreeing with the truth of God's word until the power of that word changes situations. Faith is trust. What do you rely on, lean on, put your confidence in? When things get tough, what do you turn to? Are you your own God? God, if you don't come in this amount of time, then I'm going to do, then you're saying that you really don't trust God. You're trusting God till the point that he doesn't come in your time frame, and then you're going to handle it yourself. Faith is ability to believe that desirable things which you hope for actually already exist. The thing that we truly desire, it exists. Like your promises in heaven are already there. Right? That's the yes part is, is God. Now, Second, second uh, Corinthians 1, about 30, it talks about the promises of God are in him, yes. But the amen comes from us. The so be it in my situation don't come from heaven. The amen comes from me. All right? Um, faith is, and this is my larger extended definition. Faith is the process, equipment, and lifestyle provided by God, whereby the believer, through a process of biblical belief, confession, and corresponding action, receive God's grace, precious promises, and pursued empowerments and world overcoming quantities in spite of opposition, situations, and setbacks, enabling heaven's influence to inter interrupt and overpower earth's problems. So this is the one we're going to deal with today. We're going to talk about the process. We're going to go through what I call the ABCs of faith. It is an equipment because God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith, right? When I got, when I got the sense that, that my faith worked just like everybody else, I stopped wishing I was everybody else. I used to think, man... I see, this is not y'all. I'm just telling you my faith struggle. I used to think, man, what if I was Kenneth Copeland's son? How would my life be different? What if Fred Price was my daddy? Man, if Creflo Dollar had a son named David Dollar. He can even call me David 50 Cent. <laughs> I mean, I married him a quarter, so I mean, we got to be somewhere in them denominations. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I used to wish I was somebody else's until I realized that the equipment that they had, God gave me, and he could work with me in my situation and prosper me. And then I realized I didn't have to be their son. I'm Jesus' son. 
Now, that was a big deal. Now, see, not, not for you. You might already got that. But for me, that was huge. When I realized that I had the same equipment that they had, and that I could imitate those who through faith and endurance inherit the promises, and that if I imitated the process and the steps that they did, that God will work for me in my situation like he worked for them in a situation. It won't be exactly alike because Elizabeth and Mary's situations weren't exactly alike, but it's close enough that if I follow the principles, I can still get my own version of that prosperity in my situation. But I had, it started with the fact that I knew that God had dealt to me the faith that I needed in my situation. Then I stopped, I didn't hate on folks when they got the stuff. I wasn't jealous of them no more. I could stand at, I could stand and get them a praise party for God working in their situation, learn the principles, and keep believing God for my situation. Stop getting mad because other people got what I was asking God for. I, I want to spend time learning how'd you do that? And then I'm saying, Lord, was I missing something? Did they have something working in their situation that I had missed, or is it just not my time? If it's not my time, I'm going to keep waiting. I'm not going to get out of line looking at somebody that already been served. Because if I get out of line, I'm going to have to go to the back of the line and start all over. So I'm going to stay in. It's a lifestyle because the just shall live by faith. It requires biblical belief. Because if Jesus can't say, I'm Jesus, I approve that message, then your faith is in vain. It's confession because according to Mark eleven twenty three, 23, here's another key. Faith is voice activated. Faith is voice activated. We'll talk some about that. It's corresponding action. Because when all is said and done, more gets said than gets done. Everyone who was truly in faith when Jesus did something to act on what they believed. And what they acted on had to be an action corresponding to the thing that they were believing for. See, you can't be believing my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory and not give an offering. Because that scripture was talking about an offering that had been given. Now, I'm not mad at you. You don't want to give, don't give. I'm just telling you, if you want that promise to manifest, then that's not the one that you say the words and then not give the money. Because that's the corresponding action to that one. Now, everything doesn't require an offering. I'm not one of these people that say everything requires an offering. Some things you need to pray through. Because the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. All right? Some things, it's not all about money. So don't, don't put me in a thing like, listen, 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 listen. But if it is a money thing and there is a principle of seed money for harvest money, then don't try to take the seed money and try to still get the harvest. Does that make sense? I'm not, I didn't say everything required an offering. But there are some things that do. And if it is, stop trying to give something else instead of the thing that God said it requires. All right. Then I gave you another definition of faith. Faith is my unfair, sustainable, competitive advantage over the world. Faith is my unfair, sustainable, competitive advantage over the world. It's unfair that I can bring the God of the universe into my problems and enforceably get his super to manifest in my natural. 
it's sustainable because the just shall live by faith, and God won't stop unless I stop. Last thing the Apostle Paul told Timothy when he was getting ready to get his head cut off from Nero. Yeah, the Apostle Paul died because his head got cut off. That's church history. That's not, right? He said, make sure you bring the parchments to me. He said, bring the, the Bible to me so I can do one last bit of Bible study before I die. Faith won't stop unless you stop. It's a competitive advantage because it's the power to overcome every problem, circumstance, adversity, or hindrance from this world or beyond, and it's over the world because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Now let's talk about the process of faith. This one is like what I call the ABCs of faith. There are eight of them, and this is just when I am wanting to experience increase in an area, these are steps that I go through. I just think think about them in that specific area, right? Because faith for healing is a different faith than faith for finances. Faith for finances is a different faith than faith for relationships. Faith for sound mind is not the same thing as faith for relationships. I can work with myself and get sound mind. Now, there's nothing wrong if you needed help, but you get some relationships, you're going to have to pray. You're going to have to wait a minute because it takes two to tango. You can't get the relationship stuff fixed all by yourself. No, you can't. You can do all you can, and then they still not. That's why the Bible says, as much as lies within you, be at peace with all men, because all of it doesn't lie within you. Okay? So I have to know how to release faith in every area, and the areas are different. They're different. So when I'm believing God, first of all, I make sure, remember I gave you the statement, faith begins where the will of God is known. So I spend enough time in my covenant, get my hope right, get the picture right, and then I ask God to do it for me. Because, you know, the devil will just run roughshod over you. God won't come in unless you ask him. So I ask. I know that I've asked him something that he wants to give me so that I can believe that he has he has done what he's promised, so I believe I receive it. If I believe I receive it, then the C is I confess that I have it. If I confess that I have it, then I got to D, demonstrate, act on what I already have. Rise up, take up your bed and walk. Go wash in the pool of Siloam. Go do something to act on what I believe. That's the D part. The E part is endure expectantly. That means between the time the yes and the manifestation, there's going to be some time period, and I'm going to have to stay in the game and not give up if that's longer than what I had anticipated. The F is forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. Because your relationships, listen, you can jack up a bunch of stuff that's on the way because you can't get along with folk. And the devil is expert at sending people to get you upset when you believe him for something. He good at it. He real good at it. He's very, 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 very good at it. All right? The G is the glorify God piece. The G says that I'm praising him while I'm in process, even before it's manifested. And the H 
is for holy living. Can't be believing God and just living, slipping, tripping, and dipping. I got to live right if I'm believing God. Okay. All right, so let's just walk through some scripture. Ask is 1 John 5, 14. And it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The believe part is Mark eleven twenty four. Just giving you scriptures. You got the things, so just write the scriptures down. Therefore, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So between the believing and the thou shalt have them, there's some time. But I have to believe at that moment that I ask that I have received. All right? So I have the confidence that I ask he hears us at that moment that he heard me that I believe that I have it then. Right? I remember a time I was coming to church and uh, with younger Ruby long, long time ago. She always say, you use me in messages. I don't have anybody else to use. You're the only person that's with me. And um, I said, I said, she said, Daddy, Daddy, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I need something to eat. Honey, we get done for church. I'm going to take you to get something to eat. Daddy, I'm hungry. I said, listen, did I just promise you? We don't have to talk about that one no more. So if I really believe that I receive it at that moment, then I can stand in faith from that point on. Does that make sense? And if I'm, if I'm wavering in my confidence, I may have to go back and review the scriptures and, and keep myself fed over and over again because I may have to hear the thing that when I heard God, like if, I got, if I'm in church and I get a rhema and then there's a scripture that I was, the pastor was preaching on, then I go listen to that tape over and over and over and over again to make sure that I, God gave me that. He gave me that. Okay? Believe. All right? See his... Um, Confess Mark 11, 20 through 23. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. The D, and this is as far as I'm going to get today, and I'll get to the rest of the list next week. I'll get to, to the D part, which is demonstrate, because when all is said and done, more gets said than gets done. And a lot of times, this is where people fall down more than any other area. Understanding what's the appropriate corresponding action for what they believe. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26. What does it say, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Can his faith alone save him if there's no works with it? Verse 15, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be warned and be filled. He made a faith confession, so he believed and confessed. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. So one person says, you have good faith, but I'm over here doing charitable works. Like, I don't believe God, but I, I give to the Red Cross in a united way. And then I volunteer in my community, even though I don't serve God. And I'm hoping that when it comes to heaven time, that he's going to bless me because I did all these good things over here. Show me your faith without your works, 
and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? Okay? And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, Rahab the harlot was also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Come on, let's stand. Your faith, I remember Bishop Jabur used to say it this way. Go ahead, you can clap. Mr. Jabur said, your faith can die from loneliness. <laughs> your faith can die from loneliness. And your faith, if it doesn't spill over into some level of action, won't be enough. If I believe that God has raised me up to be a voice of destiny, then I got to prepare messages like I'm speaking to hundreds and thousands. For me, that's a demonstration of what I'm believing for. Organize and praise and worship. I'm, I'm, I'm calling God. I'm, I'm setting this stuff up. When we get into experiencing the increase of faith, I'm going to specifically talk about healing, talk about financial increase. I'm going to talk about things because I'm expecting God to manifest in those areas. I said, I told the Lord, told the Lord that uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to have some, some, some. Uh, cameras come and um, do interviews with some of our people that are going through challenges so that when we he manifests I can have a before after picture because I'm believing I mean I'm really believing but I got to do something to demonstrate that I'm I'm acting on something that I believe if I believe God's coming through I, then I want to show it to everybody you understand what I'm saying okay you believe for something, God, I'm believing for increase. And then God started talking to you about an offering. God, I was trying to get money, not give money. No, he's, he's trying to answer your request. He's trying to give you the D part. What he wants you to demonstrate so that you can live up to the level that you believe in for. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you see? Now, that's very practical, isn't it? All right. So we'll go through the rest of the list next week, and then we'll go on from there. God has an amazing plan for each and every one of you. He put this plan in our lives before any habit, mistake, or misfortune overtook our lives. So often, we try to get ourselves together before we come to the Lord. The reality is, on our own, we can't get ourselves together. This is why you and I must come to the Lord. So while our heads are bowed, eyes are closed, believers are praying, if you'd like to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I like to be the man of God that leads you through this process. It's very, very simple. Just believe that Jesus came, that he died, that he rose again for you. He became the one who, he was the, the lamb of God, became your scapegoat. He took your penalty for you so he can give his promises to you. 
So if that's you, you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Would you show me that by raising your hand? Just want to see a show of hands. In Jesus' name, amen. See your hand. All right. Um, the second appeal is maybe you're not an unbeliever, but you've allowed hurts, hindrances, or habits, things to get in your way, or you, the Lord showed you something today, and you're believing God to move in your life in that area that he showed you. Remember, Jesus, and we'll talk about this in one of our future sessions, Jesus is both the author, that means he created the faith that you walk in, and he's the developer of it. He's, the, he's your faith coach. And so he's expert at helping you go through all of the ups and the downs of your faith life and still bringing you out to the other side. If God's speaking to you about that, would you show me that by raising your hand? I see hands. I see hands growing up. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Look at your hands down. Well, maybe you're a believer, but there's another work of grace that is this empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said that if uh, you being evil, natural, carnal, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so your heavenly father give to his children the Holy Spirit if they but ask him. So if that's you, you believe in to receive that empowerment of the Holy Spirit and even to speak with other tongues. That's a big, big deal. That'll take some of the ups and downs out of your life. I see your hand. Anybody else in Jesus' name? And then finally, 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 um, my final appeal is I'd love to be your destiny your destiny coach. I'd love to be a faith coach in your life. I'd love to be your pastor. God challenged me to challenge people and to invite them to join um, this, this destiny community and experience the difference of destiny in their own lives. Even for those of you that are watching, we'd love to just share some information with you about membership. I'm not going to put any mic in your hand or make you do anything. We're just going to have a conversation with you. Yes, after the service is over so that you understand how to um, plug into our kingdom community. We're right in the middle of our foundations class. And so this is the right time to understand what things are available to you so that you can be a part of us. All right, that's you. You want to get some information on membership at Destiny Generation. Show me that by your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. See that hand in Jesus' name. Put your hand down. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. I believe... God raised you from the dead just for me. Thank you for receiving me into your royal family. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus and that Jesus is the author and the developer of my faith. I have faith in you, God. I believe my faith is growing. I believe my growing faith will bless other people as I make disciples and advance the cause of your kingdom, helping others experience the difference of destiny. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you now, and I believe I receive the empowerment, the infilling of your precious Holy Spirit. I fully expect to speak with other tongues as your spirit gives me utterance. Thank you, Father. I believe I receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead and praise God. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Lady Nedra's going to come. We definitely want to thank God for those of you that were watching. Um, there's certainly a way for you to help us 
to uh, help other people experience the difference of destiny. You have a, uh, information there about how you can sow into the word. We believe that, you know, you can be fed here. We, we're really not trying to substitute for, for your local church, but there's other ministers that feed me that help me to feed what I'm doing here. And so I do support those ministers, even if they are not technically my local church. If that's you, then certainly we want you to have a chance to help us to encourage others with the difference of destiny. Also, we do have one announcement that um, we want to share here um, relative to our, uh, well, first of all, we have our series coming up um, where we are back to the future, um, understanding um, end time events. And so Tuesday night, all of those questions you had as you read the book of Revelation, send them all to me, send them all to me, send them all, send them all. The pastor's going to work to answer them all. Hallelujah. So please come out. Um, it's, we just started the series and there's a lot to to getting it. Um, so please take the time. We do want to make sure that we build the right kind of foundation. So as you've seen me do in other areas, I'm building the right kind of foundation. So it's moving slow, but it will accelerate. And I believe that you'll come out of it with clear pictures from the word of God. And then also um, this Saturday, we'll have our men of destiny uh, meeting here. And that's our very exciting time. So we certainly want you to come out for that. Uh, we're very excited about it. We've, we've done a shift. We've been teaching a lot on prayer, but now we're just going to talk about what does it mean to be a man of destiny and the pillars of, of, of godly manhood that we want to share uh, with the brothers in the congregation. Also, um, I'm having a party, and you're invited. Um, it is for our um, Honoring the Gift celebration, October 11th, 12th, and 14th. And uh, so 11th and 12th, those services will be at 7 7 p.m. each night, and then the 14th will be our 10.30 a.m. service. You see the speakers there, Dr. Uh, James Foster, Dr. Herbert Banks, and Pastor Tony Shaw uh, will be our speakers on the various events. Please, please come one, come on. It's just a party to celebrate um, the, the ministry that God has called me to, and it's the time for the, the church that I minister to to minister back to me to tell me how the Word's been impacting me, and that gives me strength for the journey. That's why this thing is so important to me, is it strengthens me, motivates me to keep pressing and keep pushing so that others can experience the difference of destiny that you've experienced. All right? I think that's it. I'm looking forward to seeing you either this coming Tuesday, this coming Saturday, or next Sunday. God bless you and see you next time. We thank our pastor for the word today. And as we...